They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud? iTunes in the house. Yeah, yeah. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast, back and better than ever. You know what, Johnny Mead? I know we talked about maybe updating our intro at some point, putting in some new, you know, a 61-yard field goal by Jake Elliott. I still, I still love the intro. Oh, the intro is amazing. I think it's one of the best parts of the show, man. We got the batteries. Uh, we, got, we got all the, yeah. the classic Philadelphia we do. moments in sports. And it's true. We may I, not have seen it all, but God no. damn it, we're bringing it. We are bringing it. We're going to bring it, all right. I feel like last our last podcast, we're nearing 100, by the way, so you better start booking your plane ticket. But uh, oh, And we're, no get, we're getting close to 5,000 clicks on SoundCloud, so props uh, to the peeps, need, props to the peeps. We need 20,000. Help us. I didn't think we were going to get to 100 when we started, brother. Come on, uh, man. We're good. We're good. Uh, but yeah, you, you brought it last podcast, man. If people were texting me, you know, emailing, I mean... You brought it, so I appreciate that. All the love and support out there on SoundCloud and iTunes, and uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast at Love Podcast. Uh, well, since yeah. since then, a lot of good things have happened. I know this football thing. I know. So. Uh, let's start there. Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk a little bit about the Flyers, possibly the Phillies next hire as manager. Uh, we've got our dear God segment. A lot to get into. We'll give a quick little Stanley Cup. Uh, an NHL sort of prediction as well here on the Brotherly Love podcast. But let's start with the Birds, man. Four and one. And tomorrow night, or by the time most of you hear this, hours from now, Eagles Panthers uh, in Carolina, short week, absolutely huge game. We will get there in a moment. But four and one start for the Eagles. Last time you and I were on, I think they had just lost to the Chiefs. So uh, they were one and one. They were looking for a bounce back win. They got it. Now, eventually, four and one. What's been the most impressive thing for you through five games for the Eagles? Finally, the coaching staff is, is adapting, is, is changing their game plan. They're, they're not being so stubborn with what they are, and specifically on the offense end. This is what happens when you run the damn ball. I Amen. Mean, Preach to me, guy, brother. Preach to me. I, I mean, seriously, it's like McGarrett Blood comes out last couple of weeks. I mean, he just goes flat out just rolling people. It's been great. Everyone was worried about, like, you know, the injury to Spolz, which we all were. And how about last week? I mean, what an underrated signing. I mean, Kenyon Barnum was on the team before, but I thought he did a great, great job. And there's been some great surprise. And one surprise to me, Joe, that I got to get into is the uh, the quarterback play, Patrick Robbins. And this is the, the guy that they, they basically signed as a free agent. He comes in, he, he literally admitted that he only knew like twenty five percent of the playbook and he's been he's been probably the most complete and efficient corner. I mean he came up with a block kick on Sunday. It's just here's the deal. They've had a couple injuries and people have just stepped it up. You know, Ronald Darby gets injured in the first game. 
Secondary kind of had some lapses against the Chiefs a little bit, but then they brought it the last couple of weeks. People have come back from injury. The running game has been such a pleasant surprise. And listen, the kicker, you know, you lose your kicker, Caleb Sturgis, and I'm not going to go into this huge mantra about how decent a kicker is, but the kid comes out, he misses the field goal against the Chiefs, the 30-yard chip shot, and the kid's been money ever Missed since. Missed an extra point? Yeah, and he's, and he's been money, so... I just love the fact that I don't know if Doug Peterson was listening to the airwaves of people just crying out to run the damn ball, but and it just goes to show what a solid running game brings to the table and what, what help it gives your quarterback. That's the other thing. Carson, the last couple of weeks, he hasn't had to drop back 40 to 50 times a game. And apparently in the Giants game, and John, I don't know if you've, you heard this all the way in Days Moines, Iowa, but basically... Carson Wentz, according to Wendell Smallwood, in the first game when they started to run the ball, he was basically checking into runs. Thank it was God. Kind of more, <laughs> more his doing. Yeah, which is nice to see that the coaches are giving him that up. Well, okay, such, uh, that news did not. Noise. That news did not make it out to Des Monies. All right, Des French, <laughs> French for the monies. Uh, out here in Des Moines. But I I like to see it. I read about Wentz having more impact on the play calling. I like to see it. I find it interesting you bring up Patrick Robinson because in today's age, you know, back in the day when training camp was at Lehigh and you and I were growing up, you you didn't get much unless you went there or you read the newspaper the next day. Or maybe 610 brought you something. Now with social media... Every everybody with a credential, everybody with a pen and paper has a credential and they're there. And they're tweeting nonstop every play. It's eleven on elevens now. Well, six minutes later you got the first play is eleven on eleven. And Patrick Robinson was getting roasted. And he was getting carved on social media. He was the talk of camp in a bad way on the in in the blogosphere, in the Twitter universe. I didn't know he was gonna make the football team. And here he is now, as you pointed out, a stabilizing factor in the defensive secondary. And kudos to you for bringing it up. First thing I wrote down for most impressive, John Mita, was running the ball. And you kind of stole my thunder. No big deal there. I'm going to give you two pieces of statistical information that I find almost staggering in a very good way for the Eagles. 37 rushing first downs for the Eagles through five games. Their opponents have 15. 37 rushing first downs for the Eagles. Their opponents have 15. And time of possession. You want to run the ball. You want to uh, set the tempo. You want to control the clock. Eagles averaging 35 minutes and 32 seconds with the football. Do the math. That's more than half the game. I'll take that any day of the week. Chip Kelly is rolling over in his grave, so to speak, when he sees those numbers. And then you mentioned the defense. I have 1A as all these injuries, but still they're they're hanging tough. They're tackling well. Uh, you wanted to see that smash mouth kind of Jim Johnson return to the defense. We're not there yet, but through five games, the defense has not really been a fault in any of the games. They've really stepped it up. And, and here's the other thing. Here's the other underrated pieces, too. The play of Tim Jernigan. Yep. I mean, this guy has owned, owns people. He's going to get paid. And obviously it's contract year for him, but that was just, you know, that was a trade made in the offseason. It was, like you said before, I think when we've talked on these podcasts, not too many people knew who the hell Tim Jernigan was. I did because I watched college football like an absolute maniac, maniac, and I knew he was one of those tough-nosed, hard-nosed players from, you know, criminal players from Florida State. I mean, the guy's just a man-child. And when Fletcher Cox gets back healthy, the two of them, Vinny Curry out of the Witness Protection Program last week, 
notching his first sack of the season. And who's to say they get Ronald Darby back in a couple of weeks, and there's some whispers that Sidney Jones might also take the field in a couple of weeks. I mean, who knows how far this defense, how good this defense could be. So it, it's exciting, and but uh, we got to talk about the test on Thursday night, tomorrow night, and Cam Newton. They're going to bring it. Their defense. This is going to be the biggest test for the Eagles' offense moving forward. I can't wait to see how Carson Wentz reacts to the best linebackers of all the NFL, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. They, they're front four. That's the worrisome thing. So Lane Johnson out with a head injury. How is Vitae going to do against the pass rushers that Carolina can bring? Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing that you can help yourself with is continuing the formula. Don't drop back 40 times if you can avoid it. I know if you get behind, you've got to. But I want to see the Eagles on Thursday, and we might as well just shift gears and get right there. I want to see them control the clock. Keep Carolina's crowd out of the game. Keep Cam Newton on the sidelines. That's the way you beat good quarterbacks and good football teams. And Carolina right now at 4-1, and they're maybe a little bit of a surprise team as well, given the fact that they regressed big time last season. This is a huge test. I don't know that the Eagles win this game. I don't know that... I don't want to say I don't care if they win this game because it's certainly a big game. But I think at 4-1, you've put yourself in a spot that you go to, you go down to Carolina, then you get those 10, 11 days off, and you wait for the Redskins on Monday Night Football. You're still controlling your destiny for first place in the NFC East, even if you don't win in Carolina. Uh, and I know the Eagles aren't going to approach it that way, but the sky isn't falling if they lose this football game. No, the sky isn't falling, but man, man, what a statement. Because here's the deal. Everybody looked at their schedule, right? and said, oh, my God, the Eagles have one of the toughest schedules in all the NFL. Start of the season, it, it looked that way. But now as you see teams unfold through the first six weeks of the season, then you can understand, like, there's going to be a lot of winnable games coming down the stretch. I mean, you still got to go on the road to L.A. and Seattle, but some of those games you thought weren't possible to win, they are. You live in the division. I mean, the Giants are absolutely tough. I mean, they are done. Love it. I mean, Love every second they, of it. I mean, they are done on so many levels. I mean, it's incredible. And um, and who knows how good Washington really is? And there's nothing better than seeing the Cowboys go down in flames. That I don't was know great. If you watched that game. It was great. That was just, just, I love it. But we'll see. Well, I can't wait to watch to see what Carson Wentz is going to do. Let's say they go down early in this football game. But the good thing is, the thing that I think that's going to help them mightily is if they can get off to a fast start tomorrow night. I think that will be crucial and them, you know, trying to secure a win on the road in Carolina. All right, let's uh, let's jump back to the birds for a minute, forgetting about Thursday night's game. Who do you want to see more from right now? Meaning, who, who's somebody that hasn't either shown you enough or somebody needs to step up for the Eagles to be successful down the next couple of weeks? Who do I want to see more from? That's a great question. Well, I mean... I would like to see Nelson Aguilar, actually. I can't believe I'm going to say this. We had our, our bet last year, but I'd like to see them get him more involved. Um, just on some, it's like, I think out of the slot position, that's kind of more the natural fit for him. And if he does, like, deep post, and if he does, I think he can, he has the speed to beat slot cornerbacks. And usually your fastest corners play on the outside. Your, your, your slot corners are guys that are more, you know, have better technique, but they're not as fast as your outside corners. So, I don't know. I'd like to see him dial up Nelson a little more off. 
I know that sounds kind of crazy. No, you know what? Part of me actually wanted, you know, I don't want to call out Nelson Aguilar because he's obviously had, you know, the best five-game stretch of his career with three touchdown catches. Uh, but I want to see more consistency from him too because, look, Alshon Jeffrey's going to get number one coverage. And part of the reason you brought in Alshon and Torrey Smith was to allow Nelson Aguilar maybe to feel less pressure, right, to be that complimentary receiver. So uh, I'm 100% on board with that. But I'm going to go a different direction with mine, and, I, and I'm still not convinced, and I'm not trying to be negative here, I promise. But I want to see a commitment from Poopy Peterson, your boy, to continue with this game plan, okay? I need the proof in the pudding that Doug Peterson has changed. All right, last year the Eagles were 4-2. and two. Then they were 4-4. Four and four. Then things kind of fell apart down the stretch. He lost big games for the football team. I'm, I'm still convinced of it. Last year, Doug Peterson is the direct reason the Eagles lost some big games. The Dallas game, etc. I can name three or four. All right? They need, I want to see more from the coach. I want more belief in the head coach that he has, that he has turned the corner, that he has committed to running the ball, that he's not trying to get Carson Wentz's head taken off back there. The players, they like him, okay? They like him. We, we've talked about that even when they weren't winning. They, they like him. He's a player's coach. But he's got to keep learning. He's got to keep growing. He's got to keep being ahead of the curve. And he's got to keep running the football. Dial up those runs. We called for it. I don't know if you listen to the fans, but even if it gets stopped, you just have to you have to run the ball just to keep the defense on him. Look at, I look at it this way, and I know it's crazy. I'm talking about a quarterback. But look at McNabb's career, how it unfolded down the stretch, right? Once he got called out that he was a running quarterback, he no longer decided to run and keep that in his game as part of his arsenal. And look what happened. He was so much easier to defend because they never had to spy. Before, they were like, oh, my God, this guy might get loose. And, you know, and I just and he just cut that off from his game. And I think it really hurt his career in the end. But you have to keep running the damn ball. And you got to give our running backs credit. I mean, yep. This stable of running backs, everybody's like, well, we got, well, Sproles goes down. We kind of knew what we had in him. But Garrett Blunt coming to the season is like, oh, he lost a step. But, Joe, we talked about it, too. It's like, you don't get enough reps in the preseason as a first-game offense. You don't get the offense alignment in sync, start pounding people. They love going off the ball. Nobody wants to sit there. No offensive lineman wants to sit there and pass protect for 70 plays of the game. I mean, they just don't want to do that. I love it, man. Stick to the plan. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And right now we're 4-1. So stick to the plan. Keep playing damn good defense. Special teams. Kenyon Barner with that punt return for, you know, almost a touchdown. I mean, that was that's big, too, because, you know, the week before we're throwing Torrey Smith out there, and I don't even know if the guy ever even returned punts in his career. Maybe once in Baltimore. That's an emergency, but I don't know. Prediction for Thursday night. What do you got? Oh, man. I don't know, man. There's just something about Carson Wentz right now that, that, that's feeling that he's going to find a way to win this football game. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Eagles will pull out a stunner in Carolina 24-20. I love it. By the way, right now, live, I'm drafting a fantasy hockey draft, uh, the Keystone uh, League, with your home, uh, yeah. with your crew. Did you get wind uh, of that? Did you get wind? No. Nah. No, and no, they don't even invite me to that. I don't even want any. Well, I, I know you don't. I know you don't want in the league, but you got uh, Penguins fan Walt, uh, oh, yeah. Big yeah. Wood, you got uh, Doids, 
I believe uh, I believe both Bill Bradley and Bill Curtis, Billy Curtis, are in the league. I, don't quote me on that. And then a bunch see? of other people. I'm not really sure who they are. But uh, the draft wow. so happen to just be underway. So if I sound distracted at times, here's the thing that bothers me. First of all, it's a week late. Second of all, there's no cash involved. All right? Talk uh, about Bush League. But let's, trans- let's transition to hockey. All right? <laughs> Flyers are underway. I was yeah. I, I was buying my tickets to the Stanley Cup Finals the other night with the Flyers up fi- <laughs> up five three in Nashville. It was, <laughs> look, they're going to be a fun team, man. I don't remember a Flyers team this fast before, and I don't know if it's their youth. I don't know if they legitimately, if Hextall pushed all the right buttons um, as far as drafting and free agent signings to to get a quicker team. I don't know if they're literally like legitimately all on steroids, but the Flyers are like they're fast. I watched the parts of the Sharks game, the Predators game, the Kings game. I missed yeah. the Ducks game. Yeah. This team gets up yeah. and down the ice, and they're hustling. And that's that makes for a fun team. I like Brian Elliott in that. Giroux seems to have, at least in the early going, regained his old self. We know Wayne Simmons is a beast. I think this Flyers team is going to be a lot of fun. It's nice to see that the young kids infused with some of the older veterans. And it's funny that you came out and said that because I literally asked this guy we used to have season tickets with with the Eagles. We call him the governor, and he's a big hockey guy. And I go, well, what do you think of the Flyers? And that is the first thing that came out of his mouth. He goes, I don't remember a Flyers team. They're fast. They play really fast. And that's exactly what he said. So it's kind of funny that you said that. Well, you, ha- you have to be quick in today's game. You have to get north, as oh, coaches say. You've got to push the pace. And and I'll tell you Listen. this. They're going to they're gonna make their mistakes because they're young, Right. They've got young defensemen. They've got some of these young forwards. But Travis Konechny can skate. He plays with passion. You know, you've got these young defensemen that are that are going to get invaluable experience this season. And so, yes, they're going to have their ups and downs. They're probably going to have some long losing streaks. They'll get into those funks. But this team right now, through a handful of games, is playing hard. They appear quicker than any team I can remember. And if you've got speed in today's game, you can make hell for your opponents. And especially if you're playing hard, because then you become hard to play against and nobody likes, they haven't even had their home opener yet. And think about how jacked up that building's going to be Saturday with the Caps in town. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, they place will be like wildfire. And it's just nice to see because, like, defensively, like, this team suffered for years not being able to bring defense into the system. Just like, I think, for this team to move forward at some point, like, and I know there's not a lot of guys out there but they got to get a goaltender that's going to just stick. You know, they haven't had that guy since ball. That is, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think that's when they'll really take the step forward. But I think it's going to be a great year. It's nice that, and, and I like the moving of the Giroux. I like him moving to a wing. You know, that might take some pressure off him. That might just make him feel like he can be a little more aggressive when it comes to scoring as opposed to getting more people involved. I like that decision. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and they look hungry. And they, and that's always a good thing. And they want to get back to the postseason. So it's going to be a good year. I think we're going to be in for a good season. You know, obviously the goaltending has to hold up. You know you know me, I'm never a believer in the, all right, who's hot one night? You know, let's, let's get some consistency at that particular position. I hear you. Uh, I got a question on Twitter. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, at, at B Love Podcast, at B Love nice. Podcast. Um, Scratch Dog King wants our Stanley Cup final prediction. And I know I'm kind of throwing this to you on a whim, but if we get a Twitter question, we got to work it in. 
So give me, uh, however outlandish it might be, who you taking. And I'm going to go back to my last year's prediction. Because at some point, the way Ovechkin has started this season, he's on a mission. This is finally going to be the year <laughs> that he breaks through. This is the year, and I think it's going to be the Capitals and the Blackhawks. So I'm sticking with it. All right. I like the Blackhawks prediction because it's been far too long since they have been uh, in the finals, just a couple of years, but that seems like forever. There's some teams off to great starts in the early going. How about them Las Vegas Golden Knights at 3-0, and baby? Uh, sold out home that? opener last night. St. Louis is 4-0. That? and um, I mean, yeah, you know, you want to talk... Been, you wanna that t- that would have been my other prediction. If it wasn't for Chicago, I think I was going to go St. Louis. But I think you went down last year, didn't you? Uh, I did when the playoffs started and, and they got through that first oh, yeah. round against Minnesota. I was all in that Blues right. bandwagon big time. But I am going to take a team that I put some money on in Vegas... Speaking of Vegas, to get there and do it all. How come we didn't throw 20 grand on Saquon Barkley to win the Heisman? I was out there screaming for it. Screaming for it. I I may or may not have been in Vegas at a sports book and put some money on this team to to hoist the cup. I'll take the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, the game's best player. Sorry, Sydney. Wow. To uh, lift Lord Stanley's Cup. And you know what? I'll say they take down and what is billed as one of the top young gun matchups in NHL Stanley Cup final history, Edmonton over Toronto, an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final with the two uh, blossoming stars, Matthews and McDavid, head-to-head, and Connor McDavid uh, gets it done. How's that for a bold prediction, my friend? Ah, uh, that is so bold. Canada is rejoicing after this minute <laughs> eh? they were... Listening, oh my God, if they're listening to this talk. They love it, eh? All uh, right, let's, sure uh, do, right? you wanted to talk about the Phillies. I wanted to get in the uh, Dear God segment. I, well, I, I wanted to talk to Joel Embiid in this contract. Oh. All right, well, all right, so, all right, you we go, forget you go. The Phillies. Forget the Phillies. We can table them until they all get right. to the hot Okay, my, my Dear all God's right. on the Phillies. Give me some Sixers talk, some JoJo. He lit it up tonight, 13 minutes, 20 points, right. a slew of boards, did he get the contract he deserved, or did the Sixers jump the gun here? People can say they jumped the gun, but the bottom line is this, okay? So you let the kid play the year out, right? Then he goes out. He's a restricted free agent. So then the Sixers, Sixers have the right to offer, to match any offer that any team could bring. In the end, they would have to match the offer. So why not get it done right now? Let the kid get some security with that first you know, now that he knows that he's getting paid, it's probably off his shoulders. Now, is this a huge risk? Absolutely. But if you look at the reward, look at tonight, man. The guy is an absolute man job. If they can find a way and baby him through, I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to unleash him, but maybe on some back-to-back games, you sit him, you, you, you be careful with him. I'm not saying put him in complete bubble wrap, but I think if you really want to see this team make a huge step, and I, I honestly believe that this team will make the playoffs. I, I think that's what you have to do, but I, I think, in the end, I think the contract was worth it. Listen, if Timothy Mozgov can get four years $70 million, okay, and Joel and B gets five years $150 million, I think we all know the big difference in talking <laughs> of talent when it comes to Joel and B versus Timothy Mozgov, all right? So, hold your horses, people. The NBA, people are getting paid ridiculous amounts of money. Let me throw another name out there. Matthew Delavidova got four years, $38 million for being a backup point guard, T.J. McConnell type. 
you know, let's not get all crazy with the money. We hope he's the new, he's one of the cornerstones of this franchise for the Sixers moving forward. I would just say for all the people that are, hey, of course I'm worried about the deal. And then, I, but it's on, it's not our money anyway. So we don't care. Like, we, it's not like we're going to have to pay him the 150 million. They did put some, you know, there's some things in this contract that if, if something were to go down, that they could be able to get out of it. So listen, it's the, no. it's not it won't be any worse money uh it won't be money worse spent than Andrew Bynum, okay? Uh, exactly like, right. Let's My let's God. be honest. Let's talk let's if you don't do it now and it burns you, you're burnt forever. If you get burnt cuz a guy never plays a full season in his career, so right. be it. That's life. That's something you just uh, certain teams go through, you trust the process and you move on. All right, dear plus, God, brother, plus, dear God. Show. Yeah, what's God, up? Go give it to God. No, I mean, plus you want to just show a commitment to your yes. players. To like, listen, we're ready to take the next yes. step. Yes, you, you can't draft God, all these guys. You can't go through all this propaganda and then let them walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me your dear God. Please. Dear God, please don't let the rumors be true. Because <laughs> I got a link, <laughs> and I pray it was sp- I, 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 I prayed to the baseball gods that it was spam. I didn't even click on the article to read it because the headline made me sick to my stomach. But dear God, please do not let the Philadelphia Phillies hire the man known as Ruben Amaro Jr. to manage the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't care about his track record. I don't care about his dad's track record. I don't care about his Phillies pipeline, his the bloodlines of the organization. I don't care. Please. Please, for the love of God, dear God, Phillies, don't hire Ruben Amaro Jr. to manage the Phillies. That's all I got to (laughs) say. That is awesome. I read that the other day. I was like, wait a minute. Because, like, at first I didn't see the manager part. At first it looked like as general manager. I'm like, hire him back as general manager. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I had to revamp and look at the article again. But I'm with you on that, dear God. My God, no. Please, let's infuse some talent. I don't care if they want to hire within an organization. And I the triple-A guy, Dusty, whatever. But please, no Ruben tomorrow. The sun will never shine tomorrow if yeah. he gets hired. Just no That's more, so no retreads, no rehash. Here's, here's, Just move on. Here's, here's my dear God. Dear God, can CBS make all viewers available to mute Tony Romo? <laughs> as a bro- yes! As, as a broadcaster? Yes! He is so bad. He's getting he rave is- reviews. I know people love it. They're like, oh, he's calling out the plates, man. It's so refreshing. And my boy, you know, Bob, my boy, Brett Musburger called yep. him out. With yes. A great rant on Brett Musburger. And it's true. He just talks over it. He is so annoying. Dude. If I was in the booth with him, I, I'd eject him. I wish we could hit eject Tony from the booth. So I. Because. I, he's so damn bad. Yeah. He's terrible. I, I listened maybe last week or for the first time. Okay, and I yeah. couldn't believe how giddy he was, and like the, yeah. the rapport with Nance, like it was just over the top. It, he sounded drunk. Uh, uh, he he legitimately sounded like he had a few cocktails before he stepped in the booth. He was he was just jumping all over the place. Calm oh, the yeah, hell yeah. down, Tony. He's oh, trying to be too likable. Said. He's trying to be too likable. No, exactly. And just here's the deal, you know, as a color commentator. You know, you have to let the play-by-play man bring the game to yes. you. It's and not about him. They've no. made it about him, and he's made it about himself. But it shouldn't no, be it, about him. Yeah. 
Exactly. And Jim Nance, God love him. You know, first he had Phil Sims flying in the booth. Oh, and that was great way point. Out for, great point. If this was around, know. if this was around the horn, and I was Tony freaking Reale, I'd be dinging your uh, your number there. Yeah. You, you'd end up with you'd get six points for that. You're right. <laughs> poor Jim Nance. Uh, poor Jim Nance. Hello, friends. He's got to deal yeah. with Phil Sims, ah. who had the pol- <laughs> who had the pulse of this chair I'm sitting on, and now he's got Romo, whose pulse is like 180 the entire broadcast. Oh, oh Jim! Yeah, I mean, oh Jim! Did you see that play, Jim? Shut oh, up! Oh, Shut oh, up! Oh, Let's talk him! Let's talk him! Let's talk him! Shut up is right, man. The guy. Uh, is, I know he's green, and I know it's his first. You know, and who am I? I'm sitting in my car doing a podcast right now. Because so, <laughs> uh, I get that reception in my house. But uh, uh, oh god, I can't listen, old man. As long as you're I not, mean, hey, I, as long as you're not living in a van down by the river, you're good, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Go birds. Go birds, man. Let's see if they can hammer those Panthers. And cam. Five and one would be unbelievable, brother. It would be a clear cut path to the division title, knock on wood. They gotta find I, a way. I don't know that they can. I'm bracing yeah. myself for the worst, but yeah. I am so jacked up for this football game uh, that I, I if they can come out and get this win, I might just the world's going to know. The West Des Moines, Waukee, Iowa is going to know the Eagles won if they win tomorrow. Trust me on that. I'm going to go bonkers. And I, you know, I just, and you, you look at the Cowboys too. It's like. Oh, they stink. Dude, they're, they're in turmoil. I, I'm not scared of them at all. Bring it. Everything that's going on with the. Sweep the division, baby. 6-0 in the NFC. Sweep them. Sweep them up. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a possibility. All right, brother. We're getting the cart before the horse for sure. Go birds. Here's the five and one. Good stuff, Johnny Mina. You got it, buddy. As always, a pleasure. All right, follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast for John Mina. I'm Joe O'Donnell. It's a Brotherly Love Podcast. Until next time, we'll see. You. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.